everyone. Welcome on in to the 43rd episode of the Wide World of Wargaming X-Wing segment. As always, I am your host, Vincent Borgato. Joining me just this once, Mr. Jeff Wilder. A sister. So you have a twin sister. Always reaching into his deep bag of quotes. And then we are proud to be joined by Dan and Katie Neal of Sacramento. I have spoken. (laughs) Are you affiliated with any team? Capital Corsairs by chance. Yes. Yeah, we get to play regularly with the Capital Corsairs group up in Sacramento, but um, we have been delighted to have uh, lost wonderfully to folks from uh, Militant Casuals and the other... Nevada. Nevada. Yeah, we've lost to a lot of teams. (laughs) Haven't we all? Uh, Militant Casual is who generally destroys me on a weekly basis. Yeah, Um, Militant militant Casuals are largely considered the best here in the Bay Area. Yeah, I mean, and when we say military casual, really, we mean uh, Chewbacca. Um, (laughs) So uh, Dan and Katie, as many of you will realize uh, eventually, were the winners of our little listener contest where they provided us with uh, a a topic that they would like to discuss, which I believe specifically is uh, half we're going to talk about scum and then also kind of about repainting and customizing uh, your ships, right? Yeah, totally. But let's let's start with something a little bit lighter, just to let them um, let them settle in and get used to the microphone and and everything. So um, let's start with you, Katie, if that's all right. Okay. So um, the reason that I, I that we picked Katie and Dan is that uh, this is something uh, that I haven't seen before. I've seen a few. I've been playing X Wing for what. Uh, six, six, almost seven years now. And I've seen a few father-son teams um, and even a few father-preteen teams, but I've never seen a father-daughter team. And I and I had the, um, the good fortune to play Dan and meet Katie at a, a recent hyperspace. Um, and when Dan submitted his entry, it seemed like a too good an opportunity mm-hmm. to pass up to talk about among the other things we were going to talk about, what it's like being a, a 10-year-old girl playing X-Wing with a bunch of big, nerdy dudes. Um, so hopefully we could talk about that just a little bit, because I'm curious what Katie thinks about those big, nerdy dudes. And uh, But first, let's start with something really easy. Katie, what's your favorite Star Wars movie or show? Well, I... I like the Mandalorian. That's a given. It, it was oh, really no good. Spoilers. No spoilers. No, I'm just kidding. I, I, <laughs> Vince I, I, hasn't I seen it though. It was pretty speak. good. <laughs> so, and it, I do like Star Wars Rebels. I'm. Yeah, Rebels was pretty good. Did you Did you try Resistance? Um. Well, I haven't finished watching it yet. I, w- I wouldn't bother. I gotta be yes. honest. <laughs> it was it was heartbreaking after the the crescendo and the the magnificence that was the rebels ending um, to watch that first episode of Resistance and say, "Oh, okay, we're back here now." It really was, Dan. You're right. That was just it was it was brutal. I was just my my housemate and I were sitting there watching, looking at each other after that first episode. We we're like. Okay, well, that's a half hour. We don't have to worry about watching anymore. <laughs> um, so, uh, Dan, what's your favorite Star Wars property? 
Oh, I know it's a sensitive subject. Um, I I think Rogue One is both my favorite movie and the best movie. Um, I I like it a lot. I think it's got everything, and I loved seeing new characters, and uh, I loved seeing you know something I'd always wondered about: how did they get those plans? So yeah, I'm I'm in love with with uh, Rogue One. Yeah, Uh, I I am a huge fan of Rogue One. Um, I think it it showed a little bit of the, shall we say the you know the not Broadway side of Star Wars, you know, um, kind of everybody else, which was the goal, and I think they did it very well. Um, they didn't. I was not one of the people that complained about characterization in that movie because you weren't supposed to really know that those people weren't really important. I think is the way to say it. They they had a moment of importance. But you're not there like any other galaxy-wide event. There's always going to be people who matter for an instant who are not particularly. Yeah, I, I mean, I I also loved Rogue One. So, like I said, you're not going to get any any um, argument with us. But I, I think that people who complain about the characterization, the the large number of characters that didn't get a whole lot of screen time each, uh, are the would they complain about the characterization of say aliens? with these phenomenal colonial Marines that, you know, get two minutes of speaking time each. And I, I mean, I, I'd have to challenge anybody to say they weren't real characters. There are just people I think who like to complain about, they use phrases they don't actually understand in order to complain. Well, that would be, that would be us among those people for sure. Just not on this particular subject. Um, That's fair. Katie, if you, were force sensitive, would you be a Jedi or a Sith or something else? Um, definitely a Jedi. Yeah, you have to say that because your dad's right there. I understand. But, I wish I had that confidence in myself, honestly. My dad would probably be a force bounty hunter. I'm a scum really? man. So, yeah, I'm all about the Imperial credits. Okay. And, you know. All right. Bills don't care which side of the force you're on. <laughs> yeah, live free, don't join, right? Yeah. Take what you can, give nothing back. Yeah. All right, well, fair enough. Um, so you wouldn't be a force user at all, Dan. You'd just be, you'd rely on gadgets and, and tech and your own your own savvy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't say no to the opportunity to, uh, to use the force. Um, you know, not to mix intellectual properties too much, but going way back to Babylon 5, where uh, Londo, the uh, ambassador, used some of his um, appendages to cheat at poker. I'm mm-hmm. all about that. I thought that was a great moment. I gotcha. All right. All right. So um, that is that is a show that needs to be brought back in this new age of streaming. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. The the It's a great story. I mean, Straczynski's great and everything, but the special effects are not going to hold up. Yeah, they. I tried to re- rewatch it, and they just they didn't age well. Yeah, no, um, but you know, it would be it would be kind of like complaining that the effects in the original Star Trek don't hold up. Of course not, but it's still the content is still there. Um. Yeah, I I don't know. It's, there's something about the the very very primitive CGI of B five that that isn't that isn't charming the way that the old Star Trek effects are charming. Well, you know, so, so you've got the you've got the cheesiness without the charm, and it's kind of you know, 
But um, so uh, as I said, I wanted to ask you guys, um, and either one of you guys can start talking. Um, uh, you can negotiate amongst yourselves. What's it like being a, I don't want to say team, because obviously you don't play the game, you know, with each other. Um, on the same team, but what's it like being a, a duo that enjoys competitive X-Wing together, given, you know, it's the, the dad and 10-year-old daughter? Well, I, it's actually pretty fun. So do you, <laughs> do you prefer, like, do you, do you really like going to tournaments? Do you prefer casual night? Um, what do well, you, what do you like to do X-Wing-wise? I like tournaments because it's, I find it's a fun atmosphere for me. All right. She's so, a savage. Yeah. She, so she hasn't played very many tournaments with me when I'm complaining about my dice. <laughs> so, she really picks up on the energy, right? I mean, it's, it's, you've got a whole bunch of people who are excited to see each other, um, especially yeah. from, you know, just other, other local clubs and also, you know, folks that you may not have been able to see at the last league night. Um, so I think she really picks up on that energy and she also picks up on the fact that, you know, people bring their A games to a tournament. And, um, you know, I've, I've noticed personally when I'm at the higher number tables, the atmosphere changes and then I get back into my comfort zone down in the salt mines and it's a heck of a lot of fun. <laughs> so I, I think she really appreciates that too. She just has a good time with yes, people. I do. Right. And that's absolutely true, especially at a tournament where, where you're getting up in the numbers like 50 and 60, where if you're on the top five tables, people on the top five tables are taking it, taking it seriously. Or as Man Bear Pig would say, serial. They're being very serial. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> so Don't open the South Park can of worms. We were trying to stay family friendly. Hey, it's that's still family friendly. It's just man off before you keep going in that direction. <laughs> um, so what what types of ships do you like to fly, Katie? Like, um, I I think you were flying Rebels when I saw you at the tournament. Yeah. Is that right? And you blew yep, up your right. power. Mm-hmm. That was fun. Yeah, I'll bet. Um, are, are rebels the type of ship, like sort of slow and steady and in formation, or was that sort of more of a one-off for you? What What do you like to fly most? Well, I find I like to fly rebels and resistance. The re- the rebels because I do like flying around formation and focus firing. But the resistance because it's fun to fly fast ships. You can't see me, but I'm Who's your favorite right now because she's been taught well. Yeah, Vince likes to fly fast. Um, who's your favorite resistance ship then? I like a, I like the RZA two A wings. Ah, solid choice. So, if you were going to fly um, A wings, RZA two A wings, and you had to pick between Greer Sunel and Zari Bangal, uh, which one would you pick? God, you, <laughs> I haven't. I only played Tally. Only Tally. Yeah. All right, well. So here's here's the thing. Vince and I have sort of an ongoing <laughs> joke because Greer Greer is init four and mm-hmm. can always rotate her arc. Zari is init three and can still take actions even if she bumps a ship. Or bumps anything, really, right? Uh, but I guess a ship. 
Um, I love Zari because I, I love being able to just ram into the middle of stuff, still get my actions and just make stuff really hard for the other player. Um, Vince likes Greer. I, I, I couldn't explain it. I don't know. He can try. Um, so next time, try try one of those two and let us know what you think. Because you've got to settle this argument for us because it's going to go on forever otherwise. That will, uh, that's a challenge I cannot ignore. All right. Uh, Dan, I know that you love scum. Are you flying scum exclusively or do you fly other stuff? I've dabbled into other stuff, and when I'm when I was in my tryhard mode, I I really put a lot of games into the tie swarm. But I just love the scummy tricks, and um, hence the name scummy. Yeah, it, they're just they're just so so much fun. I like the characterizations. Um, to me, they, they speak to me more than you know, anonymous blue squadron pilot or blade squadron pilot or whatever. Um, and I, I just love the backstories and, and the variety of ships. Um, I wish Scum were a little better in hyperspace. Uh, mm-hmm. Mobile, you talk about that. Yeah, mobile fortressing aside, I wish Scum had, you know, some sort of beefy good ship like the Kirax that was hyperspace legal. And I feel like we keep getting filler ship after filler ship um, or big unplayable large base after big unplayable large base. Large bases are sort of fun. I mean, if you like rambling around at things, but when I was playing um, Benny, it was fun. Could go like a one string, go everywhere. Benny is fun. So yeah, you're absolutely right. Benny in particular is a fun large base. Um, It looks like we're getting into content events, so hop in whenever you want. But I... Oh, I'll. I think it's interesting, Dan, that uh, they brought the B Wing into hyperspace for the Rebels when really the Rebels didn't really need the B Wing. Um, It's. We we talked about this on a show, uh, last show or the show before, where there's a lot of similarity between the the X Wing and B Wing. Um, Obviously, they're not completely congruent, but they're similar. Um, but they don't seem to be willing to bring the Courage into Scum in the same way, even though it isn't, you know, is it even on the release schedule yet? I'm not even sure. No, it's not. And, I mean, it was especially frustrating because that's where the last points change sort of threw Scum a bone. And it was like, great, uh, you, you've made a, a ship that nobody plays better. And at the same time, we got the Jumpmaster again? Okay. Um <laughs> yeah. I mean, at the, at the same time, the Rebels got the B-Wing, though, Scum did get the Star Viper, which I do think is was desperately needed for hyperspace. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, but it is a different... It is... Uh, the Star Viper to the Courage it would be more like... Uh, I mean, maybe like the the attack shuttle to the... I'm not even sure what, the, what a comparison would be. The Star Viper is pretty unique. It really is. In terms of in terms of what it does, where it is points wise, um, you're you're talking. It's it's probably honestly closer to an E wing. Mm. We never play. E-wing. I would say is uh, is probably like where I would say that it. In terms of its well, what's the word we like? Um, in terms of what it does, that's kind of you know mechanics bending. I guess would be the way you would say it. Uh, or you know, it's just probably also 
that that one shield cheaper is making a huge difference in terms of how many star bikers you see compared to how many e-wings you see right right yeah um, and the Dan, I do want to. I do, Jeff. I'm going to jump in here for sure. just an extended amount of time, so people remember I exist. Um, <laughs> I do want to ask. You know, scum, you, you were asking for kind of like a beefy scum option, and my brain immediately goes, "Well, just run two fire sprays." <laughs> and I have a, a lot of the time, and I I think two fire sprays is a really good list in certain meadows. I I think I cleaned up when Revel Beef were super hot and i had good results when the five y wings the yons were hot with y wings were awesome i played them yeah <laughs> it was good in that he's a regular on the show as of right now yeah in that brief memo it was moment it was fantastic but um I, you know i had one very painful game where i was playing against two completely loaded out um ether sprites and I, I, I felt like it was on one of those nature documentaries where the poor giraffe was surrounded by, you know, nipping hyenas. And I was <laughs> utterly powerless for the whole game. And it was an incredibly frustrating experience. And I was like, you know what? Yeah. Um, this is not a good ship for this meta. Yeah. Isn't, isn't it amazing how it, you've got two arcs, but it feels like those ships can get into your side arc every oh, yeah. single turn? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dan, do you think there's any room probably for you to go back to fire sprays now that you have, you know, kind of the natural predator of the Jedi in uh, in the the Nantex? Maybe I feel like the Nantex is is addressing a problem that didn't exist, um, like Fang dominance. Um, but but yeah, I mean that's that is definitely something that gives me a little hope. Just that sort of innate resistance to being tractored. And also, I think that now that uh, Init's to some extent, obviously, are being are being depressed downward a little bit with droid swarms and things like that. Vince and I were talking very briefly. You know, I'd be interested in seeing what three bounty hunters could do. Is that too expensive? No, no, you it's can fit it. Ninety-eight, isn't it? Yeah, it gives you it gives you about. I think it's got four or six points left over. I haven't checked it in a little while. But um, Vince was just saying it's such a great the fire spray is such a great chassis, and of course he's correct. And you can fit three of them in at at a net three, which is not terrible. You have three paint fire sprays. Just you, get out, get them stop dust, gathering dust in the cabinet and use them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a lot of ships I, I, I don't play. <laughs> I'm of the opinion probably that with the that up you could you could very easily put the fire sprite up there with the silencer, the uh, the delt the ether sprite and the RZA two in terms of just overall chassis utility. You could make an argument that the fire spray is the best medium in the game. Uh, I love it. It goes fast and it goes slow, and and it's super unpredictable. Um, But just I, I don't think the two ships is enough in this swarm meta. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. Well, Phil, I mean, a lot of people did make deep runs at Worlds with it. I mean, the most famous being Phil GC. You know, yep. he took Fen Rao and he made it, I believe, the 16. Um, <coughs> pardon me. <coughs> rack, you know, rack and an ace is not unheard of. Um, I, I think probably a lot of scum players should be taking long second looks at a, at a really big Boba Fett and then just two scrubs to keep the flies off. 
I hear you. And I actually think that FFG did us a favor by us being scum players by costing Han Gunner out. Um, I don't think people were using the Slave 1 title enough, and it is such a bargain and such a cool card. I, I, any any decision change, any late decision changing title on a on a ship is almost priceless. Yeah, um, that's yeah. why R two A six on on a lot of uh, Republic is so strong. It's why um, Informant get leaks into a lot of lists once in a while. It's why Hera in the it's why Hera gets played honestly um, at all. Otherwise, you would never see a ghost. Yeah, I do kind of wish that. Scum Han had not been completely nuked um, because the as far as Slave One goes, remember Slave One and Marauder changed places in terms of points. So you know maybe raising Marauder to six and raising Han to nine or ten may have been enough. You know, and maybe we'd still see Han occasionally. On the other hand, Han Han for me is a problematic card just because it's. It's one of those cards that innately rewards high in it. Um, so uh, Han Gunner is one of those because of the just the way it works. When you engage, uh, is one of those cards that it's weird that it's not in it scaled, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I I I think that I think that they overreacted a little bit, and I would love to actually be able to use Han Gunner as a tool just, just to start playing with and, and thinking about again. Um, but it was a combination of, of Han Gunner and then losing the escape craft as a really cheap and right. useful coordinate caddy. Right. Those two things just sort of, sort of killed it for me. Really hurt scum bad. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of the, of the current scum darling, the, uh, Torkoal and three cartels and, um, uh, what is it? Uh, Seavor. Yeah. I would love to try it. I would love to try it. Um, Have you tried a list like that? I've tried something similar to that, um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know how it is in the Bay Area, but up here in Sacramento, I felt like almost all the tournaments and all the, almost all the opportunities to play were hyperspace mm. only. Uh, um, so you and- have your monthly extended tournament yeah that's exactly it so i started up a monthly extended tournament at one of the game castle stores up here um and it's fun because you know for me as a scum player specifically i get to use the scummiest of the scummy pieces for lom and paylob who who i love to death who i just hadn't had the opportunity to use in hyperspace the uh it moving the if they if they do eventually move the hawk to hyperspace it's gonna really change how scum plays and probably very much for the better. Uh, yeah, I, I hope so. And I'm I'm okay paying the 18 points for Moldy Crow. I wish it were a little more reasonable, but I'm okay because it really does add so much power to the game. Yeah, I, I mean, especially with the with the arc based abilities like Torkoals and and Paylobs, right? It's yeah. uh, it's fifty or or it's a hundred percent more coverage and. You know, I I complained a lot about eighteen points, and I think that at this point I've got to sort of concede that I I overestimated, I underestimated how right they were in raising it eight, eighteen points just because of that. Yeah, I've played um, Paylob before, just as a practice session, and it's really good with Moldy Crow. So I think maybe like sixteen points would be more reasonable. 
I thought it Something. was 18 for a while. I found out it was 18 like four shows ago, and I was like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> so did you, don't you just love the look on the face of someone when they realize, huh, well, I could take a focus, but if I do, I'm just giving it to Payloff. I'm just coughing it up, yeah. <laughs> I love the look on somebody's face when they realize that. But that's Katie. What is Katie? What oh, let's? Uh, what is your kind of list building philosophy? Do you do you uh, work with your dad? Are you a little bit of a copycat? What do you? Uh, how do you arrive at what you're gonna fly? Well, um, sometimes my dad makes the list for me, and I can tweak it around. Sometimes, mm-hmm. and or sometimes he just makes the list, and I try them out, and we mod we modified them what we think is needed. It's a team effort for making our lists. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Do you ever go rogue? Do you ever just throw something together that uh, maybe you don't tell your old man about, and then all of a sudden he looks over and goes, "What in the world have you created?" Um, sometimes. <laughs> I, I will say that that um, being being ten years old comes with certain limitations, and keeping an X wing collection organized and unbroken yeah. is a little bit of a challenge. That was an accident. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> But but when I'm designing her lists and, you know, I talk with her about it and I, I try to get her to explore new things. And, you know, lately we've been playing with the Resistance Bomber because Venny is so freaking fun and Covenel um, is a great ship. But when I'm when I'm trying to design something for her, I'm looking for something that is not super, super complicated to fly. Right. Something that has a reasonable number of triggers to keep track of and, you know, more... If, if I can get more copies of, of a ship with the same dial in it, it's, it's better. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there are, she's 10 and she's awesome for being 10, but you know, I, I want to set her up for success, not failure. So I wouldn't want her to say, do a two list, um, Guri Fen list, a well, two ship Guri Fen yeah. list. That's annoying. It's pretty easy to beat with my lists. Yeah. So I, I got to tell you, 10 years old or not, I am, I completely am with you on not a lot of triggers. Um, at the end of one E, I took a, uh, a two ship list. It was, um, Bosque and, uh, Asajj to, I think wow. it was, uh, it was a regional, I think it might've even been at great escape. Might've even been at great escape, but I, in the first game that I played, so the, the way that I usually work things is I, I just can't – I play six factions, and I don't have a favorite. So I, I – and I don't approach X-Wing like work, so I don't practice, right? Like I don't get in reps, as the guys say. So I took this list, and on in my first game, I – within these two ships, I probably had 12 triggers – in my first game, I literally missed every single trigger at least once. That's rough. Every single one. No, and, and I'm not saying it's rough. I actually ended up making the cut in that because I, as I got, as I realized, hey, I have to, I have to remember my triggers. This list has a billion of them. Um, but I've cut way back. Like if if I think that there, if I think I'm going to a tournament and there are just too many triggers that I will reasonably forget triggers, I'll. Even if I think the list is strong, I'll change it. So, Katie, it isn't about being 10 years old. Um, it's it's just about 
there if there are a lot of triggers and you're not a professional X-Wing player, simplify it until you can play it and do well and have fun with it. And don't worry about, you know, don't worry about whether it's the, the best if you can't remember the triggers. Yeah. I, I honestly write, I have learned to write most of my lists down to where I remove, I'm not, I'm actively looking to remove my opponent's triggers. Um, like right now, the two ships I fly most often are Wedge and Arvel. And that list does one, you know, the, those two ships do two things. Number one, you don't get green dice. And if you bump Arvel, you don't get actions. And it's really hard to do anything when you don't get green dice and you don't get actions. And I find that that tends to be where I'm the most successful is when I just reduce the amount of decisions that my opponent is even allowed to make. Yeah, I think that might be a good successful one because I have played Wedge, and that was fun. That's because Wedge is the best thing in Star Wars. Correct. It's his favorite. She's on the show. Yeah, that's, that's a bold statement. Katie, Katie, you're a regular. You're invited anytime. Thank you. I mean, back back to back to playing with a 10 year old, with a group of people, I'm really sensitive. Um, when we bring her to a tournament, I don't want people to say, Oh crap, I get to play a 10 year old or I have to play a 10 year old. Um, I want people to get a good game and not feel like they're at a disadvantage and not be afraid to beat Katie. Um, and that hasn't been an issue, which is awesome, but, but I'm really, you know, people take this game really seriously and put a lot of time into prepping for tournaments and and they deserve the best game they can get. So I don't want to put you too much on the spot here, but Katie, have you or your dad, have have you had like any actual negative experiences because of your age or because people were reacting the way that Dan was afraid they might react? Like, oh, I have to play a girl. Um, she doesn't know how to play X-Wing, obviously. She's 10 years old. Yeah, you're wrong, but um, have you guys had any actual experiences with that, or is it just something that you, you like to be aware of when you go to a tournament? Uh, I don't remember any negative experiences I've had with it. Everyone in our group has been really inviting. Yeah, the Capital Corsairs in particular, when I met them, uh, several of them were really nice guys, so... Yeah, I, I think this goes back to like why are why is this a good community generally? And and my little theory on this is when you're playing X Wing, you are inherently having to cooperate with people. You know, you've got to help move their ships, they've got to help move your ships, and you get a pile up in the middle of the board and you're just juggling templates and it's really collaborative. And because of that, I don't think that people who are super antisocial um, or people who just you know aren't willing to to put things down and figure out a good solution to a problem, I don't think they're as attracted to the game. I so. see. So it's almost like a natural selection. So yeah, yeah. Survival of the fittest. Yeah. Um, um, and I mean, as her dad, no, I haven't seen anybody give her grief or give me grief. Um, you know, again, I really want her to play as cleanly as possible, and. <laughs> There have been some goof-ups. Yeah, I mean, there there are definitely goof-ups. And as she gets really tired in a tournament, um, it, it gets harder and harder, which is why um, Drew isn't here, but I wanted to give him a shout-out. He played Katie on a Game 3 tournament once where I know she was dragging. Like, she was just donezo. 
but she really wanted to play. She didn't want to give up. And um, she got Drew as her opponent that round. And he was making explosion noises and doing his whole Daffy Duck impression. And he kept her laughing and smiling. And I know they had a, an absolutely great time. And, you know, it wasn't a game that quote unquote mattered, but it still mattered to her. And it was really cool that he took the time to keep her engaged and happy. So, you know, the burden's on me as dad to make sure that I'm not setting her up for failure. So I don't expect she's going to make it through a six game hyperspace day, but I know she loves the tournament setting. I know she loves meeting people. So making it through two or three games, heck yeah, that's totally reasonable. And that's totally fair to her opponents. I, I just, I mean, I just think it's awesome. I, I mean, obviously, I don't. I don't have a daughter, right? But um, I've I've had relationships in um, uh, in X Wing, and um, I wish that. Looking back, how to put this delicately? I wish that a couple of my relationships had a little bit of a background in in gaming, so that there was some some sort of commonality that we shared. Um, in terms of what I was doing on my Saturday afternoons, you know, while she was doing whatever she was doing and I was, I was out at the game store, um, playing, playing games. Um, so for me, I, I remarked when we were watching Vince and I were chatting and back channel chat about the, um, about the tournaments lately. And I, and I remarked, you know, it's like every, every major cut nowadays seems to, seems to have a woman in it which is, uh, uh, that used to be a big deal for things like poker. I was, I'm a poker player, right? And that used to be a big deal for poker. And now for me, it's a big deal for X-Wing. I, I just love to see it. I love to see people being women um, and uh, Katie as a girl being not intimidated enough to come out and, and play with us. Because even when we're nice, and we are, you know, I mean, I'm a pretty nice guy. Vince is a really nice guy. You met Drew the night before. <laughs> Drew, Drew is such a nice guy. This is a true story. When the first time I played Drew, he was so nice and so energetic and so friendly that I thought it was fake. That's how cynical yeah. I am. I thought it was fake, and I did not realize until the next time I saw him, and he was exactly the same way, that that's just Drew. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so I, I just hope you keep playing, Katie. Uh, as long as long as you're enjoying it, as long as you are coming out here, coming out to tournaments and having fun, and people are being friendly, and I hope you keep playing. I, I personally would be honored to play you in a in a game at a tournament. I hope we get the chance sometime. I don't remember Dan who who won our game. Did we? I don't remember. I honestly <laughs> won. Um, I went two and four that day, so it's likely you won. Well, I, I don't think Je I think Jeff went two and four. Yeah, that day. I, think so. <laughs> I think I think I went two and three and drop. Uh, but uh, I, I really do hope we get a get a chance to play. I uh, I think that would be great. Um, I mean, I gotta say, this is I've had so many expensive hobbies over the years. Um, that have caused no small amount of um, wife rage. And having a daughter 
who can essentially help take the heat for me. Um, is that all I'm used for? Yes, that's all you're useful for. <laughs> and am I also useful for making coffee and delivering coffee? Yeah, there, well, there are other that's perks. That's what kids are for. So far, but, so far, I'm on your dad's side. Those are two great uses I'm, for a kid, man. I gotta tell <laughs> but I mean, oh, I don't get in nearly as much trouble now when I buy ships because they are for not just for me, but they are for my daughter, right? And uh, it's it's some of them are ships they don't play. Yeah, well, some of them really are for me. But um, <laughs> it is it is so cool to have a hobby with my little girl and you know, she's 10 years old now. She'll be a teenager soon enough. And, you know, I really do hope that she's still playing X-Wing and we are going to worlds together. I'll be tagging along and she'll be doing well, but um, we'll be going to worlds together and sharing a hobby. And I just am so freaking grateful that, I have two little girls, and one of them is a huge Star Wars fan. And the uh, other one is all about pretty princesses. Yeah, so there is that. Like Disney princesses and stuff? Oh, yeah. Frozen? I, We're definitely going to the Star Wars movie instead of the Frozen movie. Yes, this is true. You know, I've never seen Frozen. I, I people. Yeah. It's true. I haven't. I love Kristen Bell. I've never seen Frozen. Um, I'm, I'm I'm admitting that to you guys. You guys now have Blackman material. I've never seen Frozen. There you go. The grognardiest of the grognards. Jeff has just outed himself as. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, okay. Anything else you guys want to uh, want to bring up or ask us or anything like that before? I think uh, Vince is Vince is looking forward to moving on to the Grand Championship in Sweden. And- I'm actually enjoying myself a lot, but I should be just because no. we have it on the have it for the docket. Just because we have it on the docket, you know, I like to get through business. Yeah. Um. Just want to give a shout out. So, um, Henry is a ten year old who plays in our gaming group also, and he and his dad John play, and they are awesome and. Uh, we actually had a kid's birthday party where all the kids got uh, copies of the X-Wing game. So I got a giant bag of braces on friendly candy. Thank you. Yeah, Katie already had it, so she got candy instead. <laughs> but um, no, it's just cool. And, and I'm trying to get as many parents I know to, to think about playing with their kids because, I mean, Jiminy Cricket isn't one of the things that it, it gets really hard to talk to your kids and interact with your kids as they grow up. True. And so true yeah i feel like we won the lottery it's also you know just thinking about it it's also like it's not i completely understand about the sharing a hobby thing i think that's phenomenal but from from a more pragmatic perspective there is so much about x-wing that it seems to me would be amazing for the development of just thought processes of you mentioned the social development of helping people um, across the table, understanding mm-hmm. rules, things like that. It seems like X-Wing would be like role-playing games. That's another hobby of mine. Uh, yeah. I love d Excellent. Excellent. You're definitely welcome back anytime. Uh, we played. <laughs> That's two votes and Drew doesn't yep. count. I, I play, uh, I play D&D every single weekend, Katie. So, and I'm old. Yeah. Um, But I I think that that's great. And uh, we have a, we have a, here in the Bay Area, there's, I'm not sure how old, do you know how old Ben is, Vince? He's a little bit older, like maybe 11 or 12. Ben, oh, um, 
Uh, oh, I, I don't know. I think he's probably 12 or, 12 or 13. He's, um, he's, a, he's actually a really strong player. Um, and, uh, and he's, he's like the youngest player that, that I pretty regularly play with. Um, but yeah, I'd love to see parents, parents and their kids out playing. It would be, it would be so great. It really would. Um, rope your mom in, Katie. (laughs) Daddy's trying, but no, no. it's not working. She doesn't. She doesn't appreciate the fine technical differences between, say, a tie bomber and a tie punisher, or an A wing and an X wing, a Y wing and a B wing. Yeah, it's uh. Go ahead. Men are from Mars, and women don't think spaceships are cool. I just, but the hold on. A tie Punisher is like twice as bomby as a tie bomber. It's, it's. I I honestly agree with your wife. I don't find a lot of interesting differences uh, in Tie Fighters either. Ah, uh, <laughs> Tie Bomber is beautiful. But that's because I am a dyed in the wool Imperial. He really so is. I've just accepted that. He level. really is. I like First Order. Do you? Uh, uh, yeah, I played First Order when we were starting so, out. So uh, you may be interested. We were talking about this list that um, was first in Swiss at the Polish. It's it's six First Order ships. All, only one of them named uh, a, a a tie silencer, and the rest are are, um, are generics. And it's first in Swiss, second overall. Wow. Uh, of course. Yeah, I was it, uh, I, I was just about to say this show was starting to get a little too warm and it, fuzzy, and uh, moving on yeah. to the old and nasty cutthroat world of tournaments is, is where I belong. I, I, I should say we'll get to it, I'm sure, but I, I do want to point out this is old para. Did you notice that, Vince? Is that oh the legend himself? The legend himself, yes, exactly. All right, so we are going to be taking a look at the Polish Grand Championships first. Uh, first overall in Swiss, going to as we said just a moment ago, Old Para, the legend, with Avenger, probably the least played of all the Thai silencer pilots. Double Zeta, and uh, that's the. Uh, SF, correct? Yes, correct. The SFs. And then Epsilon being the tie, the basic tie FO. Yeah. Um, this is, there's kind of been a, a small upswing in swarmy first order lists lately. It's, it's interesting how many different variations people are trying, I guess, trying to recreate the vibe of the tie swarm, if not the effectiveness, question mark? The thing that, first of all, this list is, it's old para, so he's, he's some sort of weird genius, but uh, this, this list is just, it, it touches pleasantly on all my OCD. (laughs) (laughs) He's, he's got one ship at the, at the top of the pyramid, then he goes down to two ships. (laughs) And then it goes down to three ships. Oh, I see uh, where you're going. It's just it's it's just wonderful. It's it's artistic. Um, I I do think you know he's he's proving the thing that that we've talked about. And we've heard other people talking about that the that the generics are pretty good in in first order. Yeah, that's a lot of arcs on that list. Yeah. It is. 
Yeah. The uh, <laughs> the other thing I like it is it look because it's a swarm type. You would imagine that it's soft. That's actually a twenty eight hole list. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, behind behind mostly three agility. Yeah. The the survivors yes. only have two, but still. Yep. Um, the Zetas, I think, are probably. I hate to say it because they don't win a whole lot of events, but just on their stats, I would not be surprised to see the Zetas go up, the, the SFs go up a little bit. Because it, when you look at thing, other six-hole ships, other six-hole chassis, like the Kira, like the Kirak, Kiraj, and the X-Wing, and uh, uh, what, what would it... Um, I guess the Torrents are five, but, you know... You kind of see that they're a really great bargain, especially with a turret and a front arc. You follow? Yes, I mean it's not a real turret. It's a it's basically basically two arcs is what it is. Right. Yeah. I mean you're yeah. you're really only ever talking about uh, a tail gun, but you know the point is is it's 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 threat range. You know. It's the ability to put dice on target. They're actually not bad comparisons to the RZA2, uh, only just nowhere near as good. Yeah, but they're nowhere near as cheap then either, and they don't have to uh, link a link into a stressful action to rotate those turrets. I think in terms That's of true. time on target and then value for 32 points, and then the synergy of bringing Avenger in that gets free actions when somebody's destroyed, God, it's yeah. brilliant. Yeah, yeah, it, it does make up for the fact it, it does allow you to be a little, you know, creative with how you fly Avenger because it'll be really easy for you to keep arcs on people and to have standing mods, you know, like it would not be difficult to always have an established target lock uh, in this list with Avenger. Yeah, I mean, it's also like, um, do you want to shoot it? You want to shoot and kill my Epsilon Squadron Cadet with one hit point left? That's cool. You're a knit six. I'll be repositioning at a knit six. Thank you yep. very much. Appreciate that. And it's no range. And it's no range limitation. Yeah. Yeah, that's that looks like a fun, fun list to, to try. I may I may shamelessly rip it off for Lignite and give it a try. God, I'd be I'd be tempted to bump the Epsilons down to Zetas, free up six points, and buy some toys for Avenger. I would agree with that. Wait, what, bump the Epsilons what What now? The Epsilons are I3, the Zetas are I2. There's a two-point premium on each of them. So you could shave six points off of the list without a huge difference in effectivity between I2 and I3. I thought and the then, Epsilons were, were I1. I'm sorry. Am I completely screwed up? I'll double check. Uh, they oh. are... Yeah, I'm looking at the wrong thing. No, yeah, Jim, they are the one. Yeah, they're the. Um, I, but on a similar vein, though, I was I was actually thinking before I noticed that beautiful one, two, three symmetry. I was thinking, well, drop an Epsilon Squadron Cadet and give yourself some fanatical and some and some optics in there. Of course, fanatical doesn't work because they don't have any talent slots, but optics would. Um, but on the other hand, then you lose that a little bit of your synergy with Avenger, so I don't know. And you lose a blocker, which I think this and you lose like a blocker. Avenger, I think, probably relies on pretty heavily. Yeah. And this is where I think 
with the drones, the Trade Federation stuff, the difference between I3 and I1 is, is no longer trivial, right? It's no longer, if you're I5 or 6, you're okay and everything else, whatever. It's now, you know, an I2 has legitimate value to counter an I1 True. drone. Yeah. And an I3 has legitimate value when you run into the I3 drones. Yeah. 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 Um, Speaking of drones, we should give a shout out to Philip Vukic, who is, uh, I, I, I'm sure I screwed that last name up. Uh, who took it down with uh, Captain Seer Swarm, which, because we all love seeing that. Speaking of things that are going to go up, here's the list. Captain Seer, TA-175, and Solus-1. All three of those probably need to see upgrade uh, up uh, points increases. I'd like to see the cost for Kraken and TA-175 swapped. TA-175 feels like a 10-point um relay to me i i generally generally agree with you i do think ta-175 these are the these are the i1 drones right so ta-175 is a little bit lesser utility um no oh it's more utility yeah because remember ta-175 doesn't take effect uh, until the end of an initiative step so, meaning that being there with them all being I one, he's getting boat tokens at every gotcha. single initiative gotcha. before okay. I one. All right. Um, yeah, I, I I do agree with you. I think that TA one seventy. So, what are they now? Five and ten. Yeah. So, um, I think that probably TA one seventy or Kraken is probably worth a little bit more than five. But but probably not ten compared to TA one seventy five. Yeah, there's a lot of room to play around with the cost of the relay droids because we've seen all of them be competitive at some point. You know, like K two B four has not been without success. Kraken is obviously one event. TA one seventy five has emerged basically as the best of them all. Um, it's it's interesting that they were so they were able to come up with so many good uses for them all. Yeah, well, that's it's a cool good. design space. That's yeah, it's pretty good design. Honestly, they've they've done as much as we, me. I'm gonna say me because I don't want to speak for people. But well, as much us. as um, we've complained about uh, Jedi and Force and the power of I five and I six double repositioning and everything, they've honestly done a pretty decent job wholesale bringing in two new factions into the game. Um, if if I had had to bet on it, I would not have bet they they have done this good a job at it. I I don't have any previous you know bias to base that on. Um, coming from far outside the, the 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 FFG universe as I have, but I have to say that it's impressive that they were competitive very quickly after being yeah. at it. Would be the way to and say it. I have anxiety over it because so many of the scum abilities predate calculate and so paylob is useless all right because can't grab can't grab uh calculate even though it's green and looks sort of like a focus yep yeah well dan do you, do you... also some scum i think are probably the most vulnerable faction to swarms are they yeah, i don't know i don't know about that i i would say i would say yes just because like uh like Dan said earlier, Scum doesn't really have a, a spammable medium fighter. 
that would be able to, two of them would be able to join up and take down a drone. You focus one, you focus one, you focus, and get rid of two or three a turn. Uh, they kind of rely on bombs. Like, that's kind of Scum's answer to getting rid of a droid swarm is proton bombs. Dan, did you ever play 1E Brobots? I did not. So, Brobots got, see, I think Brobots, if they were treated properly, could be exactly what you're talking about, Vince. They really got, I don't want to say they got nuked because I don't think it was intentional, but there there were so many changes to the game between 1E and 2E that robots were just sort of accidentally hammered into almost uselessness. Um, I think I think they're having the same problem of, with the, as the E-Wing is having, mm-hmm. Jeff. In that their stat line is just so good. Yeah, that they're afraid. They really can't go any lower yeah, they're, than they are. Yeah, they're afraid yeah. to do much with it. Yeah, I agree. Because um, um, oh. that's an eight-hole E-Wing. Yeah. Um, but it's an eight-hole E-Wing that costs 68 points. Well, right. And that's kind of why it's uh, – that's why I don't think it quite fits where Dan was trying to go with his analysis of Scum. I think he kind of – the Kiraj is kind of basically what he was saying scum needs in hyperspace. Yeah, but you wasn't it you saying they don't have a me, a good medium ship? I was trying to say that yeah. Well I didn't I didn't mean base size. I didn't mean base size, Jeff. I meant medium fighter as gotcha. Okay, my bad. And my my uh, point, I don't know whether you want to call them an efficiency efficiency ship then. Something with a lot of hull with three dice that you can put multiple copies out, right? And the aggressor chassis is amazing and fun and i think it's priced appropriately but you can't spam it out there the way you can with a curage or um right. even an x-wing yeah that's definitely true um and it's probably for the best yeah. I, I mean i would like to i'd like for i'd like for them to be competitive that was that was one of my favorite ships in 1e and I, I would really like to see them be competitive. I'd like to see three, be able to put three on the board. I'd, I'd buy another one if I could put if I could legitimately put three on the board and have a decent chance. Um, I think if you could do that if you took if you made them just like no pilot ability. Well, you can do it with pilot. I mean, you can do three technically with pilot with uh, the titles. Right, but the the in order to become really exceptional ships, the the bot the IGs they need upgrades. Yeah, yeah they don't have the they they'd be effective but boring. Um, and and yeah, you know the reason I play Scum is I love the really fun dirty tricks. Yeah. And um and maybe maybe it's a little bit inconsistent with that for me to say I want a boring efficiency ship that I can spam out there. Well, um, you need you need something to take the heat off of your your scummy trick ships. Yeah. Um, um yeah. So, uh I was just looking down at number 10 here in the uh um in the Swiss. <laughs> uh <laughs> wow. So look, somebody was going <laughs> to do it. I mean, <laughs> Somebody was going to go out and say, you know what, dude? I'm running as many TIE Interceptors as I can fit. Oh, by the way, here's my Admiral Sloan, just in case you kill one of them. The rest of them jump on you like that is. I love it. I love it. Uh, Fascinating. I do love it. I do love this. I do love this build, and I'm not surprised he made the cut with it. 
Uh, unfortunately, it looks like he had to drop. But that would have been – that's a wrecker list. I mean, that that's a list that if you're not ready for, we'll just yeah. shred you. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're a net one, no, but they're a net one with auto thrusters. <laughs> so yeah. that's a good ship. Yeah. Like, do, I'll be honest. Do you know who I think wants no part of this? I don't think a droid swarm wants any part of this. They're going to have a because those because four alpha squadron pilots can erase four droids in a turn if you get lucky. Yeah. And they're going to have a hard time landing there. I mean with energy shell charges, the alphas could be in some trouble, but without it Oh, 100%. Without ESCs, they could have a hard time taking out an alpha. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And even if honestly, even if they do have them, the alphas are are, are the perfect ship to counter it. Because oh high five straight focus boost. Yeah, yeah, it's a, great, the, that's a yeah, great list. I've tried the Sloan Swarm with just normal ties, and they're just not effective. I love this idea. I never thought of using Sloan for anything other than plain vanilla ties, and and I love this. I mean, you have the ability to you don't have to fly in formation with these guys, right? Um, they can nope. they can block, but they can also get the heck out of dodge. So. Does Sloan it. have a? Do you remember if Sloan has a range limit? Let me double. I, check. I don't actually remember. I tried her one time back when, back when um, Whisper still had a crew slot. Zero to Zero three. Zero to three. So you the very loose, very loose tether on these guys. Yeah, and I mean that's a long way off a large base ship. Uh, the, the I, I do find it interesting. The there's been this debate over what direction X-wing is going in terms of the the default squad size. This tournament there doesn't seem to be one. Um, it's all over the place. There's that's all over the place. There's literally there's every size list from two up to eight. There's every single one. But I am seeing quite. If you define a swarm as at least five or six ships, I am seeing a lot of swarms. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of them. I'm not sure that I agree with that. Like, I wouldn't say that the number 14 list qualifies as a swarm, but that might be more about the fact that he doesn't have any duplicates than it is about the size of the of the squadron. Yeah, that's a good point. That's weird how we think about things. It's like like Dan was saying, you want something you can spam. If you don't spam it, is it a swarm? Kind of like, usually it's not possible to get that many ships in without repeating them, right? But yeah. Or if you look right below it at uh at Pavel, yeah, with the exact same thing, but for resistance. Yeah. So maybe maybe we're narrowing in. Maybe it's maybe at this point in the game, uh, a six is a swarm. I I've always felt a six is the number. Um, five never five is never because if you think about it, the default for a, a flight is four. One more isn't really a swarm, but half again. Yeah, all right. Now you're talking a significant enough advantage in numbers to qualify. Oh my God, we got E wings in list number twenty five. Well, I, we had E wings at. Uh, oh my God, you fit that. <laughs> that's pretty. That's pretty cool. This fits. <laughs> oh, I know what I'm flying. Next but week. just keep in mind. I mean, no R threes, no no afterburners, no crack shots. He's got Jake and two and two and two rogues. Yep. There's your there's your action efficiency. Yeah, you can't shoot Jake while you have wedge into two E wings flying around on you. I love E wings. I wish they were better. 
I wish the model were more attractive. You don't like the model, really? I that is the single reason I've never played any wing, and I'm unlikely oh, to ever play. Yeah. I well, love the abilities. You guys both have questionable taste in ship designs. <laughs> Jeff, you know why I disagree with you, and Dan, that just hurt your stock in my book. <laughs> I love the the look of the wing. I really do. Like it looks like it reminds me just of like a a stooping bird of prey or something. Um, yeah, I, I like it a lot. He, I've seen some alternative 3D printed e wings that I can get behind, but. The stock model, I just can't do it. Yeah. I just can't do but it. But it's so much like the Carrage. What are you going to do? I, I mean, it is. They are very similar. They're very. Oh, I'm not a fan of the Carrage either. Oh, okay, that's <laughs> so. fair. That's fair. Do you see anything in here, Dan? That you lo- that you want to pull out to us? Tell us. You're you're the scum specialist. Tell us about this number fourteen. Walk me through that. I, I okay. So I think first off, we're seeing an awesome variety of lists, and yes. no no clear size differential uh, because we're not in hyperspace. I think people are free to bring the weird stuff and experiment, and I think it's healthier for the game. Um, this number fourteen list. So we've got L three, Unkar Plut with a pattern analyzer, Tobias, and a cloaking device, Torkel with Sicatro <laughs> Visago. Wow. Dead Man Switch and Moldy Crow, a Cartel Marauder with Dead Man Switch, and Captain Seavor with Crackshot. To me, this just looks like a very, very fun list to play. Um, I love the idea of Torkel and Unkar swapping the cloaking device. Yeah. Um, and Unkar stays cloaked at that point, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you can swap a Dead Man Switch <laughs> if necessary. I was also. just thinking that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty slick. So you've got L3, who is the coordinate caddy, and what, 26 points on her own. That's okay, right? Um, you, it's a red calculate, or excuse me, red coordinate, but yeah, that's, that's not bad. And in a list like this, you're not looking for super crazy action efficiency out of, out of your guys. You're looking for sort of their inherent abilities. Um, and L3 is the the fifth target out of five. I mean, they're going to kill L3 if they get a chance, but L3 is not going to be the one they're hunting down. Yeah. I feel like Torkoal's the, the priority target here. Oh yeah. Um, oh, he's the most, that's a, that's a 60 point ship, if not more. Yeah. A 60 but, point, super annoying ship. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Well, everything about this list is super irritating, which yep. I freaking love, right? <laughs> Even if you kill their ships, you're hitting the dead man switch. Um, and, and Unkar Plut can just cause so much hurt. And, and if you don't take out Unkar Plut quick, quickly, you're, yeah, you're in a world of hurt and you can't ignore the three dice cartel marauder. Uh, this is a cool list. This is, this is a list I really can get behind. This list is, I mean, it starts off annoying you before the game has even begun by, Hey, I I don't like where you put that asteroid. I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and put it over here if that's okay with you. Yeah, this is a fun list. It's pretty sweet. Uh, the I, I'm looking at Unkar Plut and realizing just how insane that can be with the addition of a cloaking device. Just you're yeah. basically rolling distance three away from where you started the turn. That's that's a little that's, <laughs> that's so wild. awesome. I I wish they had room for some bombs in here. That would that would make my my black heart glow a little brighter. <laughs> yeah, even just five points for a for a photon for a proton bomb or something would be yeah. really sweet I, or, I, a, I wanna, or a 
got them in mind. I want to point out one more thing. The one list that we do see in here repeated multiple times, and it's an archetype, but it's it's the five and up Jedi. You know, Plo Obi Rick, yep. Plo yeah. Obi Rick, Annie Obi, Annie Obi Rick. You know, yep. the that points drop on Obi Wan probably changed the meta more than anything else in retrospect after the last points change. I I agree with that. I also think that I, I would not be at all surprised if FFG knew that this would happen. I think FFG wanted Obi-Wan on the board. I, I agree because I think of, of what he brings allows so many different Republic archetypes. The problem is how very quickly he goes from I can be in anything to, oh, I'm just going to bring three Je- uh, two Jedi and Rick. You know, yeah, it's, and I think that's, and I think that problem really comes down to it. it yes, it's regen, but it's also just artificially inflating the pilot skill gap because Republic isn't meant to be an ace faction. It just isn't, you know? Uh, I mean, I just, I just rewatched the first 10 minutes or so of episode three and Obi-Wan hates flying. I know! Yeah. We talked about that. He's not a that. freaking ace. We talked about that. Obi-Wan should not be a five. He's a four. It's crazy. He's a four at best. Yeah. But yeah. unfortunately, this is where they've elected to put him, and this is the situation we find ourselves in. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I suppose it's vaguely possible he can hate it and still be fantastic at it, like John Wick. You know, I, I don't know. I, I but, never, to, in my knowledge, there's never been anything that says he's bad at it. Right. It's but you know, if you hate flying, it's. I just can't imagine being exceptionally good at something that I hate. Well, he's also a magic space, you know, monk. So he's. A, He's a space wizard. He is a, he's a magic space wizard. So we could take out all of our normal human limitations and throw them out the window when it comes to Alec Guinness and Ewan McGregor. And how awesome is Ewan McGregor as Obi Wan? Oh, Kenobi, by the, the way, I can't. I still haven't really internalized that he's coming back for a show. And I have oh, to say that wait. it's. I that's one of the few things that I've been most excited for over the duration of my nerd life. Yeah, because and I can tell you right now, if they do it right, that series, <coughs> pardon me, <coughs> that series should have Obi Wan basically as pale writer. Hmm. I mean, I'm curious about it. Wow, we're getting really far afield here, but I'm curious about it because I'm like, okay, look, so he's on Tatooine for whatever 30 40 years no not that long 20 years because luke was 20 right so ish yeah so he's on tatooine for 20 years without being discovered this is this could be the most boring tv series of all time (laughs) remember they did there is going to be at least it is going to appear the part where he kills maul I would, okay. It would be insane if they don't show that in the series, just because it's it's such an iconic re, re uh, what what what's the word reunification? You know, or second encounter, or uh, not second encounter, but you know, 
last encounter. You mean when he kills when he kills Cyberlord's mom? Oh yeah, when he just old school Jedi's him like two hits and you're gone. Um, or did I say Jedi? Old school samurai, I should say. Did you guys, do you remember that scene from Rebels? I know all three of us watched it. That's one of my favorite scenes in the show when Obi Wan just finally drops to, Maul. I need yeah. to go back. I I hated I hated Cyberlegs Maul so much that I sort of tuned out on a lot of that. Oh, they they went old school Kurosawa with that scene where it was about the the conversation was like five minutes and the fight was three moves. Yeah, it, it was, it was, was so, awesome. It was everything. <laughs> A, a minimalist wanted, you know, like going back to the to the roots of where the of where Star Wars came from, which is old samurai movies. It was beautiful. I will definitely um, definitely go back and check it out. I want to bring up one more list, at least from this, yeah, yeah. just because I'm fascinated by it. So it's it's Wukash, um, number three after Swiss, fourth overall. Um, so this just fascinates me. These are the the Loanit, yes, um, Loanit Nantexes, three of them, and Count Duku, and he he carried this. By the way, um, 114 players in this championship. So this was a a good size mm-hmm. event, and he carried three Loanit Nantex and Count Duku to third place overall in Swiss and fourth. That's Fourth, literally Impressive. fourth overall at the end. Yeah. Um, the hive guards are a good. This bar- is so The impressive. hive guards are a good bargain. You know. But they're also so fragile, and only three of them to support Dooku. And I, I, I love what he did. So he has Dooku, jamming beam, and mm-hmm. sense. And you've got probably the best. I one blocker there because they can reposition themselves, right? Threes, um, threes, yeah, they're they're I threes. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. I so good blockers, maybe not as good as an I one Tie Fighter, but um, they definitely can do some work. I just there's only three of them with only four health each. That that must have been some inspired flying. Well, yeah, if, I agree. If you look at what they paired it with, it's Dooku and Sense. So. You can really easily flip that list on its head and have Dooku be your blocker. And then you, when mm. you bounce off Dooku with the Hive Guard, you hand over that tractor beam to whatever you, but you know, to whatever's in range one of you. Roll it off. Not only you know does it probably lose its shot on Dooku, but you could have rolled it into multiple arcs from the Hive Guard, and now it's down two three agility. And also notice, you know, we talked about the init three and we talked about the number of swarms here. So init three to look at list number one, um, init three to list number one, those are legitimate aces in comparison. Yep. So it could be that he benefited quite a bit from um, from simply the fact that this championship had quite a bit of, uh, of swarms. I just think that it is... It, it because the hive because ensnare is so good against a against Jedi, and if you look, there were a lot of them. Um, that is where he got in. I just don't want to see Nantexas do well. Um, <laughs> I, I'm just gonna lay it out there raw. I don't want to see them do well. Uh, 
try to make me feel bad about it if you want, but I no. just don't want him to do well. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll leave the Polish championships behind on that note of Jeff being a a hater of his own type, and he's not allowed to make fun of me about it anymore. Um, let's move <laughs> over to Sweden, where their national championships had sixty five players. Number one after Swiss going to Mr. Jesper Winstrom with oh boy, this sounds familiar. Anakin Obi Wan Plo. Uh, yep. And your overall champion being, oh boy, this sounds familiar, Anakin Obi-Wan Plo. Yep. So. Hey, Dan. Dan, did you know that High Anit and Force are good? <laughs> Ooh, I've wait heard. a minute. Oh, I've we have heard. to back up. This is not uh, Jedi. This is not full Jedi Anakin. This is Kid Flash. Which one? The oh, yeah, the second Kid one. Tobias yeah. brought Kid Flash. Correct. Second one's Kid Flash, yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't notice that until I saw the advanced proton torpedoes and went, hmm, I've never seen that on an Ether Sprite before. Yeah, for the people who don't know, Kid Flash is the the nickname for the uh, Naboo Anakin. Yeah, I don't uh, – there, there are kids who try to call him, like, Bananakin or, you know, uh, some other terrible name. I mean, Kid Flash is this, easily the best. Do we even know? Could this actually be the Y-Wing? Oh, dear God. <laughs> we literally, because Anakin flies everything, we literally have no idea what this list is. Sorry. We Yeah, we don't actually know. There's no indication if this is a Y-Wing or, <coughs> or the Naboo. That's an That's interesting funny. thought, Jeff. I hadn't realized that until you mentioned it. I, don't, I think you're probably right that it's the Naboo. But, I, think that you know, only because sure. Obi and, I think that only because Obi-Wan and Plo Koon both have 7B. Yeah, and Anakin on yeah. the on the the Y wing is still sixty something points. Right, he starts at sixty, right? I believe that's correct. Holy cow! That's the most expensive right. Y wing in anything ever. But you know, he's got a great ability in three fourths, and we can't even say that it's probably wrong. Um, looking down, you know, there's uh, one of the darlings of worlds, Nicholas God Nilsson, bringing his uh, his list back. Tarani, Jastero, Cartel, and Mux. It looks like it did. This list it, is, it is one of it was one of my favorites watching on at Worlds. Um, I just love that Tarani called the snapshot. I just love that. That is so great. Remind me what R five P eight does. Isn't that the pain droid? The, yeah, that's the the pain bot or whatever it's called, where you can re-roll an attack dice, and if you roll a crit, you take a. Oh, crit. okay, I got you. Yeah. So you're kind of rolling for focuses and regular hits. Yeah. But that but that Torani Justero combo is is wicked. Mm -hmm. um, and, and this is where I, I again I feel like some of the more classic high profile scum tools like Paylob and Forlom, my personal favorites, um, people are digging deeper and pulling out Captain Jostero and making a combo with him. It's, it's amazing. It gives me hope. Well, if yeah. that gave you hope, you should probably slide down to number 10, Eric Lindquist. Cause this is a name I have Sunny never seen Bounder. before. Sunny. Sunny Bounder. Bounder. Oh my goodness. And for I like Sunny. Two, two M3As. Sunny nice. Bounder, old Tarok, old Tarok and Fen Rao in the same list. That's something yep. you do not see a lot anymore. Yeah, I, I love it. Sunny Bounder, I, I, I've heard an argument that Sunny Bounder is the best sort of 30-point fellowship in the game. I still think Seavor's better. Um, wait, 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 but... wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on. I think Finn 
with I think heroic. Okay. Maybe thirty points. Come. I, I I have to say that I don't think Seer or I don't think Sevor or Bounder are as good as uh, Lieutenant Blount. Blount's pretty awesome. I mean, he is awesome, but he's awfully easy to kill. Sevor's not. Oh. What? Sevor's not easy to kill. Sevor's. I mean, it. Sevor's dependent on variants. Um, no, Seaboard, and Seaboard's Seaboard's dependent on you. ending up in somebody's bullseye arc. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so- <laughs> yeah, but you have to you have to plan around Seavor, right? right? I mean, Seavor still has three agilities, has has an easier time hiding behind obstacles. Well, some obstacles, right? Uh, Blount, he's he's running what two two green dice? Yes, but he has shields. Yeah, but I mean, Blount can legitimately die to a, a normal no frills range one shot. And he can legitimately die to it, and you can't even complain that much. Um, I love Blount. Don't get me wrong. I think that people are using him as great. But, I, I mean, if you're talking 30-point ships and you're not worried about faction, you just Finn. Oh, Finn, with Rock is Finn the, by the himself ship. is without question the best Like the best 30. Finn is is the winner. Um, but I would, I would say that, you know, just looking at Sonny's ability here, I'm going to double check it. I don't actually remember. It's the matching abilities. It's a, I call it the slot machine ability. If you roll the same uh, symbols, you can add a, uh, add a symbol. That's hysterical. This yes. is an ion cannon. This Very is the, one of the best ion cannon caddies I've ever seen. Yep. Uh, I mean, I suppose. I don't know. It's It's... You know, it only triggers fairly often because of the two decks, exactly. right? It's not it's not triggering on the defense that often. And when I was playing with list building, I was trying to th- see, hey, is this somebody I want to add auto blasters to or something else to? And I, I think that the added value is the occasional surprise from the two dice red that turns into a you know three hits. Yep. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't see. And I think Sonny is awesome, just as Sonny is. Thirty points cheap. Don't you don't have to add anything to him. I think it's a him. So I have a. I have an unofficial alt art that, of course, makes Sonny a, a gammon young woman. So I. I. I trust them. I have no idea. A couple other ones on here. Sirisu, Sirisu is really interesting in this list, also. Um, I'm just pulling up the Sirisu ability, but I think... Sirisu finally works on herself, right? Or himself? Yeah, friendly is zero one. No idea. Yeah. Yeah, it gets that reroll. And I don't, you know, I again, I don't think these ships are necessarily going to be flying in formation, uh, but, but what a way to increase the survivability a little bit of a group of really fragile ships. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, it's kind of unintuitive, but... You sort of could with Sirisu flying with you. You sort of could bring Old Tarok and Fenral in into a joust situation. You one hundred percent could because right? you're between Old Tarok and Fenral alone. You're out jousting the majority of lists. But then you add you add so Sirisu it, on yep. top of them already having, um, what's it called? Uh, Concord Dawn. They're a Concordia, Concordia face-off. Um, Jesus, do they get beefy on defense. 
I, I just I wonder if Sirisu actually enables uh, enabled Eric to fly this list in a way that people just would not expect. I'm I mean maybe not, but I'm curious about it. His strength of schedule was not good. I know Vince likes to bring that up, but it definitely was not very well, it, strong. You there. know what it means generally is that this list probably. Like there's a I'll you I'll say it this way. There's a reason he was out immediately at sixteen. Is normally what SOS right. means to yeah. me. Like if you look at the guy right above yeah. him, Samuel Janes, with you know, the the updated rebel twerps uh, uh twerp jousting list, we all know who is gonna win if those two joust each other. Like right. Fenrau does not see the second turn of engagement against Luke Wedge Jake. So, how about list number 12? Do you guys, are you guys ever amazed that there is always somebody out there willing to do things like buy four resistance? So, this game actually got posted in Fly Better as it was happening, and people were insane. Now, I was rooting against him because he was flying against a a rebelist, and, you know, whatever. Um, I own it, is what it is. But it was. It was fun to watch, and apparently this list is not bad. Um, I can't imagine it would be terrible. It's 36. 32, 36 hit points. 36 hit points, and the logistics pilots actually turn very well with an R4 on them. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah, they do. I, I'm, I'm really – I'm just amazed somebody is willing to buy four of these. Well, to be uh, able they to probably just borrowed them. Yeah. You think? Uh, maybe, maybe. I I love it. I just I can't see FFG sitting down when they were designing the shuttle or the transport and saying this is a ship people are going to spam. Right. It's so unintuitive, right. but it's brilliant, right? I mean, what's what's the biggest weakness here is that they don't have a lot of red dice. But if you give them all yeah. ion cannons, um, oh, I, I think that. probably I would have gone with for Lulo's points. You could get an X wing. Um. And if you, you know, cut maybe half of your R4s, you could get up to, you know, I think you could go as high as maybe Jake, or not, uh, you could go as high as getting Snap with Composure, which might have worked a little better. Well, I think he wanted Lulo there for the sheer speed of flanking. So he's got this wall of logistics division pilots coming at you. And you can't ignore that because of the ion cannons. And Lulo is so fast and comes around with an X-Wing's firepower and is on your flank while you're looking at these um, at this wall of logistics collisions pilots. I would I would be willing to bet that that's why he spent 44 okay. points on Lulo there. Um, there was one other one uh, that I'm that's people are starting to look at again, which is Nim's uh, Nim and Soul Sixa. Again, along with Sirisu and Sivor, I think we are going to start to see more of the bomb of the Skurg just creeping in as time goes on. I I, I think Iman is the best bomber in the game, yeah. but Iman is, is expensive as heck. Yeah, and adding you know downgrading to a Scourge, you're you're not losing that many hit points. But you're God. Look at all the toys they can put on them. Plus, have sixty points of 
support ships, Sarasu and, and Captain Sivor. And God help Can't you. do that with Iman. Yeah. Iman, like a, a reasonable Iman build is what, yeah. around 95 points? Yeah. Yeah, that's expensive. And God help you if you run into um, this and you, if you try to flank Nim and Sixa and you get ionized. Because that's, I'm yep. not sure if everybody sees it, but that's um, a skilled bombardier on Soul Sixa. And if you want to ruin somebody's life, yep. you drop a proton bomb on a hard two template against something that tried to flank you and is now ionized. Yeah, that's, that is sweet. So that really does narrow the gap between Soul Sixa yeah. and Iman. I, that I, yeah. I think skilled bombardier among yep. the bombers is the least appreciated of the gunner, uh, of the gunners. Dude. On a scimitar bomber, skilled bombardier yeah. is amazing. Um, two, two straight, two bank, one straight, one bank. That is an amazing area of coverage on a on a thirty Soul point Sixer ship. Soul Sixer can drop a two hard prox mine. Jesus. Yep. That's I mean, you know, that's uh, that's crazy. Dan, like, I'm like, Dan making no, he's, making he's lists. No, he wants to try now. Um, I, I I keep telling myself there are all these ships I have that I need to play. I can't get excited about Nim here though, and maybe I'm just not smart enough to figure out how to how to not set bombs off immediately. But <laughs> I, I'm not smart enough to deal with that. I like the idea of bombs going off immediately and Soul Six uh, at a reasonable price, giving you that flexibility with skill and bombardier. Uh, that's there's smart. another type that we're starting to see a little bit more of, Mr. Johan Vick. Uh, with Echo, the, the Grand Inquisitor, and Vader. The named Phantoms are starting to come back, and Christ, do I want that to stop. Oh, I mean, Echo Echo benefits so much from passive sensors. Um, it's it's like passive sensors was made for Echo. Um, it's, uh, it's so great. Um, and I love, I love Echo, so... I, I don't share your your hatred there. Um, wow, heightened perception on Vader. Just you know, six isn't good enough. Give me seven. I I think that's probably a mistake. Um, uh, it's no brilliant evasion though. So we're gonna cut him some like, slack. But I mean, that's that's <laughs> honestly wedge insurance. Heightened heightened that's perception true. is wedge insurance. That's a good point. Mm. Yeah. Or Fen, or Fen Rao, Rao insurance. insurance. Yeah. Um, although, if you're jousting Vader with Fen Rao, you're probably dead no matter what initiative you're at. Oh. And we've, uh, who else? What else we got here? We've got the Torkoal, the, the Torkoal Mini Swarm is here. Uh, Bjorn Nilsson bringing it in at 11th yeah. overall. Archibald Zimoni with Vessery Vader's seventh sister. The defenders just don't do anything yeah, for so, me right now. Like, they're good, but damn, I wouldn't rather just have fell. Uh, yeah. For, for fell instead of what? Seven sister instead or for the Vessary. instead of Vessery? It's really I, I, good, I, though. I, man. I know. I Fe know it's it, good, but <sighs> defenders just play so abnormally from the rest of the list. You know, you you get split up so fast. Well, the thing about it is, though, if you look at this, all three of those ships play yeah. differently from each other. 
Vader does not want to be in the knife fight. Seven Sinister is all about knife fighting, and Colonel Vessery is, you know, zoom. he's a defender. He's pure he just, boom and zoom. Yeah. Um, so that they, it's a, it's an interesting mixed, mixed tactics list that I imagine mm-hmm. he just flies really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I'd be tempted to go with one of the lower initiative defenders. Save some points there. You like Delta, give, give, like uh, uh, Delta, or like yeah, Riad, or what? I'm thinking Delta because um, you know the downside of the defender is you get into okay, what K turn am I going to do this turn? Um, and and I think they get pretty easy to block, or at least in my experience, yeah. they're they're fairly easy to block once they sort of just devolve into the constant K turns. Well, I think the well, Delta. I, I think though, if you if you went that way. I think Seven Sister was the third ship in this list. So I, I think he, he chose Vesser, he chose Vader, and then he's like, let me find something with force that, that fits yeah. into what I've got left. So if he went Delta, he would also not have Seven Sister there. Yeah. All yeah. right. Uh, is there anything else? Um, list, number, list number 15. Oh, Let's talk about geez. that for just a second right. because this drives me absolutely insane. So this is five Inquisitors with cluster missiles. And the reason that this drives me insane um, is that there is a generic there's a generic TIE V1 that's exactly the same as the Inquisitor, except three points less and doesn't have a force. And it is never ever. Well, it's because it's you only played. pay it's because you only pay three points for force, which is ridiculous. For a force. Yeah. So come on, FFG, please throw us something here. You've got to change. Between these two ships, you have to change one of them. Yeah. This is just raw efficiency, isn't it? With the cluster missiles, they have the three dice attack. They have the force, and you can Mm -hmm. fit four of them. Excuse me, five of them. And, you know, they don't, against higher init ships, they're not going to get their target locks immediately. But they're so hard to kill... They don't need to get their target locks immediately. It's not like you're throwing Z ninety fives with with missiles at at a list, and your Z ninety fives are going to get killed before they ever get a target lock. These guys are going to get their target locks. Um, I just I I just don't. It annoys me just because it's so stark the difference the between the Inquisitor yeah. and the Baron. Um... The Danger Zone makes an appearance after a long absence. Mr. Eric Reimers at 19. Uh, Nian Poello. It's always nice to see. And uh, I think the last one I want to talk about is uh, number eight. Christian Madsen. Here it is again. We've talked about it for months now, and it just pops up once in a while. And if 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 he had built this Han Solo differently, I bet you he does better because – Handbrake the, the handbrake build is dead, and it it just he didn't need to do this. There were there were better things he could have spent with those 24, 31 points on his Han Solo. I'm just gonna say it. Uh, at this point, I just don't like the trick shot on Han Solo. I find I, I find that with the large base, even Han Solo obviously he loves to hug obstacles. But even with Han Solo, with a large base, it's hard to get trick, trick shot to trigger um, without 
without like warping the way you're flying mm-hmm. the list in order to uh, do it. So I don't like I that. I think four he probably points. should have swapped out engine upgrade for hotshot just because he can follow it up with a fully modified from Lando. Mm. Yeah, I like that and, better. Uh, I do too. You know, a yeah. perceptive instead of Kanan is not bad if you're going to have Han be in the fight for as much time as you have, as, as much time as he probably will be. And then you kind of have Lando orbiting, you know, on the outside. Also, if you can't find seven points between Kanan and R2 for an extra whole shield, I think you're building incorrectly. Like, he could honestly have had a 30-hole list with these two ships. I'd be curious what he... I I would be interested. I wish this... Maybe this game is up somewhere. I'd like to see how he he flew this. Um, He's... He's got the engine upgrade because he wants to be able to boost if Lando gives him a boost without then being limited to doing blues or not getting an action. So that's why that that's there. Um, R2-D2, he seems just easy, too easy to kill for R2-D2. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'd be curious to know how he flew it. I can't. But like you said, we talked about when they first dropped the points on the YT twenty four hundred. We talked about you know this is going to be a thing. These are these are now good pilots. Han and Han and Lando are now really good pilots, uh, good ships. So I do like seeing it. I always like being a little hey, bit. Look, right. Jeff, it's your perfect list. It, like you just, it's got no. You throw green dice to the wind and you just fly. And one last joke about Jeff being unable to roll well. <laughs> Let's go ahead and wrap up this uh, yeah, really extended awesome. edition the of the Wide World of Wargaming. Uh, Dan, thank you very much, sir, to you and your daughter for joining us. Thank you guys so much. This is a pleasure. Is and uh, you hope we get to come to back at some point. Just shout out to the Capital Corsairs. Um, we have such a welcoming, amazing group that, you know, they made Katie and I feel feel like at home. And um, I, I shout out to Nick Mianes, who's in there as Zodiac Miniature Studio. Studio. He is an amazing painter, and um, he's partnered with me to provide prize ships to on some of the tournaments. So, um, Nick, you're the man. I want to give a quick shout out to Great Escape Games. Um just as a, a, an old 40K player, I have been there many times. One of my favorite shops in the state. And uh, I'm glad to, you know, I'm, I'm still remembering a very good experience with them, both at a flea market and my first ever X-Wing event there. And I will end it there. Jeff, go ahead and sign off. Y'all have a good week. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will do another listener contest just as soon as we possibly can. Thank you for all your submissions. And uh, please keep them coming. We do enjoy the content. Have a good night, everyone. Winning is not a sometime thing, it's an all the time thing. You don't win once in a while, and you don't do things right once in a while. You do them right all the time. Winning is a habit.